0: Warning, this episode of Seriously Wrong drops you into a confrontation with a moral nightmare. Now, this is a moral nightmare that we all know exists intellectually, but that it's often difficult to remain emotionally present for because of how appalling it is.
1: Randy. Yes. We're here in Syracuse. You're homeless. We are just talking about your hand and you can't feel some of your hand. From Is that frostbite or hypothermia? Yes, frostbite. Oh my gosh, have you gotten it looked at? No, the blackness fell off, but the rest of it's still numb. You gotta see somebody, man. Actually, we set up an appointment because I have a heart condition. Okay. But my appointment ain't for a month and a half. It's you, the earliest thing to get me in. Oh my gosh. I mean, today it's not bad, but it's been cold. How do you survive out here? Use a lot of blankets. How do you stay dry? Have a tarp under you, cover up, and then throw the tarp over you. How do you survive food or anything else? Bottles and cans. I was flying a homeless sign, but they arrested me for that and gave me 30 days, so I don't like to do that no more. You got arrested for panhandling? Yes. And they put you in for 30 days? Yes. Unbelievable, and uh, if you had three wishes, what would they be? First, Michelle, to be alive. Second, for us to have a nice apartment. Third, to help all the homeless people. My goodness, well, thank you very much for talking to me and you have a great day. All right.
2: Hello and welcome to Wrongtown's favorite news station, Confirmation Bias News. I'm your host, Sean Villiers. And
0: I'm your other host, Aaron Moritz.
2: Breaking news. In Wrongtown this week, the annual homelessness count has increased yet again. Whoopsie doodle at Wrongtown. Way more homeless people than there was last year. (laughs) Egg on our face as a city. Yeah, definitely. And so unsently. With homelessness going up and up and up, we thought that we would send one of our reporters around Wrongtown to speak to the common people. Thanks, Sean. I'm here
0: live at the largest of the many tent cities that have recently sprung up in Wrongtown. What we're witnessing now is giant bulldozers coming in and pushing all these tents into garbage trucks while the police round the people up and prevent them from interrupting the process or rescuing any of their items it's a wild scene sir sir you look like a working class kind of guy do you, do you have yeah. an opinion on what's happening here
2: yeah i think what's going on is a freaking moral nightmare they're making them move oh. along they got no place to go i mean this is where they're living you can't just take away their homes where are they
0: supposed to sleep tonight but having the tents here it's against regulation they shouldn't well, be i putting mean up fuck the, the
2: regulation sorry excuse my french but jesus christ I I mean the regulations are anti-human it's fucking torture moving along a small innocent child
0: you don't like the smelly homeless people do you the reason that
2: homeless people exist is because there's men in society who are very rich too rich for any man to be no who taught you that everyone everyone says that
0: but aren't you scared of homeless people aren't you glad that they're being Bulldozed into the garbage or their possessions? What are? I'm
2: scared of is the parasitic vampiric master class who rules us all and treats us as slaves.
0: Well, I don't know what children's stories your parents have been reading you, but we'll be moving along. Let's see. Someone who looks reasonable. Someone who looks reasonable. Sir, you're wearing a suit jacket. Oh, Uh, yes,
2: I'm a professional. Perfect.
0: I'd like to know what you think about cleaning up, getting all the tents out.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm actually a multi-discipline expert. Perfect. First of all, I've done an analysis on the methodology that the city used for the most recent homeless count, and I found it's woefully inadequate, probably to a factor of four or five. Mm, The other thing is that I've done an analysis on the media coverage of the tent cities, and we found that there's statistically almost no coverage whatsoever of the basic humanity of the people involved and lastly we've got public polling data that shows a vast majority in the city and also across the country would favor housing all homeless people well, immediately yeah, we, yeah maybe and we shouldn't be talking about that they're totally data. i don't know if that's true that could be willing to
0: uh, raise like taxes or go to person. a deficit Everything i've also got data showing sounds. that we could save up to right? moving I, on, on moving saving. on the people of wrong town are shook. A lot of varied opinions out there. Some people think it's sad that homeless people exist. Some people are angry that they broke regulations. But if there is one bit of consensus today, it's that the people who are in power are doing the right things in a tough situation. That's it from the field today. Back to our guys in the studio. So next on the show, we've got a mixed opinion showdown. One on one end of the realm of acceptable opinion, the other one at the other end of the realm of acceptable opinion, as far out as you can go in both directions and then making them clash.
2: The sparks are going to fly and hopefully find a middle ground, but often not, often just (laughs) vicious bickering, and we love it. Today, we are joined by a social Darwinist,
0: brutalist YouTuber. On the other side of the debate, we have a sociology professor at Wrongtown University. Thank you both so much for coming in and joining us. Grateful to have you. Thank you so much. And we're grateful to be here. What people don't understand about this issue is that if you don't hunt food, you starve to death. That's nature. If you don't get a job, you starve to death. That's nature. We can't
2: subvert nature and just give everyone a place to live. This is what I would say about homelessness, which I'm horrified by. And I'm actually horrified by the other guests on the show. His point of view is fascistic and murderous, but I also suck. Don't get me wrong. Although I'm completely morally committed to standing up to homelessness and abstract, I ultimately also support inaction because I believe it's impossible to do anything about it.
0: Well, unlike my opponent, I won't resort to any personal slurs like fascistic, but I will say that something that I agreed with you on at the end there is that it is in inevitable. The thing that you're wrong about is that
2: it's actually good. See, that's, it's good see, because that's it where I disagree makes people stronger by getting the weaker ones out. Totally, totally disagree. It is inevitable, but it's bad. And it's sort of this eternal angst and horror of human existence. There's you just a- feel angst about it because you're weak. Liberals are all weak, like you. Okay, well, I'm personally weak, but I don't represent all liberals. I apologize. I said I wasn't going to resort to name-calling them. Yeah, thank you. We need civility in these times. Thank you, yes. This has been a refreshing conversation. It's been more intellectually honest than some of the conversations I have with some of my liberal friends fascinating debate oh incredible incredible i don't agree with the social darwinist myself
0: oh no me neither it's important to counterbalance that guy was pretty liberal pretty pretty extreme and so refreshing to have such a civil discussion in these tough times yes it's so important that conversations like the one that just happened happen broadcast to everyone yeah that need to be broadcast to everyone it's important that things are framed that way the framing that people need
2: What do you think that people tend to think about homelessness? Like, what's sort of the typical narratives that you run into? What have you, like, heard people say... Like I sort of think of this stereotype, this like cartoon homeless person, bearded older man who's like stinky and babbles a lot and he's crazy and mm-hmm. he's alcoholic. For the comedy of the segment, you know, he can go between being crazy or he could be nice or he could turn evil or he could be perverted. Like that's right, the right, comedy yeah. hobo. Bindle.
0: Yeah, there, there could
2: even be like the wise hobo, like almost magical
0: homeless man. Oh
2: yeah. He's like traveling <laughs> on the rails, he's got it all figured out and he's got a great life. He loves
0: it. I was trying to think because I grew up in a smaller city that basically doesn't have homeless people. Like the stats are near zero. So it wasn't something that was in my experience until I moved to Edmonton. When I think about how me and my friends talked about homeless people, it's like as a, a nuisance, first of all, like you can't walk anywhere without them trying to ask you for money, which is annoying,
2: just unsightly unsently unsently is that a neologism <laughs> maybe it's beautiful i wish it came in a more beautiful context yeah oh that reminds me another neologism it occurred to me when i was thinking about how people joke about homelessness and the hobo archetype mm-hmm. the word is hedgy it's a portmanteau of edgy and hegemonic. Something is hedgy if it's like ostensibly edgy, but it only reinforces existing power structures.
0: Right. So like ripping on homeless people. Is yeah. Like... Yeah,
2: exactly. Or like I identify as an attack helicopter. Like that's hedgy. It's <laughs> right, like it's not right, even right. edgy. It's just it's hedgy. like in service that. of
0: power. It's beautiful. Cause I think on some level everybody knows that it's a moral tragedy, but you don't want to think about it like that
2: there's sort of like a linguistic network of justifications that mm-hmm. we are introduced to at a young age. Like they made bad choices. They're drug addicts. A lot of it's couched in sort of like work ethic and responsibility. It's yes. like yeah, these yeah, people yeah. have failed to meet their responsibilities to society. And it's not that it's a good thing that they're homeless, but it is how it is.
0: Something I hear is a kind of minimization of how big of a problem it is an idea that we're already giving so much. We have food stamp programs, we have homeless shelters, we have all these things, like things for the most poor people, let's say, are so much better now than they were at any other time. Comparing it to a sort of negatively idealized past
2: Yeah, like a pessimistic view of history in order to frame the present as not so bad. Yeah, and like certainly there's
0: times in history when being homeless would probably be worse than it is now.
2: The interesting thing about that in like comparing the historical context of this sort of modern category of homeless that we're thinking of is that what primarily causes people to be homeless is an absence of a place to live and historically, places to live would be less scarce, and people who are the underclass of society would be given a place to live as a condition of employment and things like that. The idea that we think of as homelessness in the modern day relies on the structural power of society being these sort of like biosecurity tokens that you have a certain amount of, and like this modern sort of category of homeless. I'm not sure that there's a good historical comparison to make anywhere in history,
0: the scarcity point you made is interesting because a lot of the scarcity in housing right now is fake scarcity. Homes are being purchased for speculative purposes rather than for the purpose that their materials would work for—is to like mm-hmm. be someone's living space. Yeah, and so, they're
2: being built to make a return on investment rather than to serve the purpose of yeah, housing individuals. Exactly.
0: But like you know, they would still work for that even if that wasn't the primary purpose you built it for. That you could still house people in them. Just- <laughs>
2: <laughs> technically speaking, these empty safety deposit boxes for the global super rich can actually technically house a someone like it's legal. It's just a point of order on the investment property that you own.
0: There's two vacant investor properties for every homeless person in America. Oh, that's a... It's very specific, like not just like, oh, there's, we have so many homes, we could house homeless people. It's like, no, there's vacant investor properties, twice as many as we need.
2: <laughs> that's perfect. That means that we could house every homeless person in America and investors in general would still have half their homes.
0: That yes. seems fair. It, I mean, it really does.
2: Dad, I'm home from school, Dad. Oh, I'm so happy to see you, son. How was school today? Good. My
0: friend Charlie said something, and I wanted to know if you think that he's right.
2: Okay, sure. Lay it on me, son.
0: He told me that homelessness lays bare the visceral inhumanity of capitalism clearer than anything else, and people find themselves uncomfortable in the presence of the homeless because it reminds them that their right to live is based on their value as an economic agent that the very existence of homelessness is a fear-based motivator to keep us toiling away in exploitation because the alternative is total abandonment? Is that true, Daddy?
2: <sighs> well, I guess there's a point in every young boy's life where he comes home with this type of rhetoric to his father. And yeah, the ugliness of it is that we all know that homelessness is wrong. I mean, most of us at least, but... Many people choose to believe it's a choice or at least a personal problem. If someone sleeps on the street, they say it's because they didn't work hard enough. And that's a neat little lie, son, a neat little lie that holds us back from the horrible realization that most of us are just one bad turn of luck away from their position. So really, son, the very need to come up with arguments against homelessness is almost absurd. The existence of homelessness is the best argument against homelessness. And any defense is just voluntary cognitive dissonance or cruelty.
0: Wow, that makes a lot of sense, Dad. It's really sad, but yeah. thank you for giving me a home.
2: Hey, anytime, son. Anytime. I
1: love you. Arian, we're here in Hollywood. You're out here homeless.
3: Well, I get looked down on a lot. I've had soda thrown on me while I was sleeping in the town. I get guys that try to proposition me with money. I've had people yell at me to go sell my pussy. (laughs) Been robbed. Every time I get a phone, that gets taken. I'm trying to find a job, and it's kind of hard if you can't even keep a phone for a week. The shelters are even worse. You have all these crazy people in one spot, which is a lot of overdoses, murders, and rapes.
1: And most, if not all women, have been raped out here.
3: Oh yes, I've been, my third day here, I was raped. I was trying to stay in an abandoned apartment because I didn't want to sleep out on the streets, and I was cornered, and I tried to escape, and you know, you know the story. Sadly. Yeah. (sighs) I stay in a tent so that People think that there's a possibility, there's a guy in there, (laughs) so nobody's going to try to you know, mess with me.
1: We gotta get you off the streets. We gotta get you off the streets. Well,
3: I don't understand. This is a billion dollar city, and it wouldn't be hard for somebody with billions of dollars to buy out a lot and put something there. Yeah.
1: They'll pay to have homeless people removed, but they don't want them anywhere near where- So they
3: want us to die? I- That's the only logic that I can come to. I had a friend, that wife had died out here due to pneumonia and just last week I set my tent up at five, it was freezing and the cops rolled up and grabbed me up and forced me into handcuffs just to give me a ticket. I didn't understand why I was in the wrong to put my tent up if it was freezing. It's like they're forcing people to go to Skid Row. And to me, Skid Row is a place that people go when they want to die.
1: I love Skid Row. I have a new understanding of it now, but I have to say, when I was homeless in Hollywood, I think not going to Skid Row saved my life.
3: That's exactly what I mean.
1: And people believe, you know, you're homeless here by choice. It's as easy as
3: getting a job. I've had multiple jobs doing security. I have my guard card. That was $175 that I had to save. There's no logic to think that somebody would choose to sleep by piss and shit. There's no logic. It's not a choice. Sometimes you have everything taken away from you. Sometimes the world just strips you ass naked in the street and you don't know what to do except try to survive.
1: By now, you know my ending question. Yes. If, if you I had, had three, three wishes, <laughs> what would they be?
3: One, to get into some kind of like shelter or program or something that'll stabilize me. My second wish would be that the world would open up their heart to the homeless people and realize that kicking somebody while they're down and making them want to kill themselves doesn't make you any different than Darth Vader, doesn't make you any different than any villain in any movie. My third wish is just to be happy. I just wanna smile and it feel real. You know? Not smile because I'm strong, but smile because I'm happy. Where I don't have to be strong anymore.
0: When I was preparing for doing this episode, I went in search of arguments against providing homeless people
2: with homes. As a minor point, a friend of mine who works with people who are homeless has repeatedly told me that it's better to say people who are homeless and center their humanity than their homelessness. Oh, sure. People first language. People who experience homelessness, people who are without a home. I might still sit since I've always said
0: it the other way around my whole life, but I'll make a, an effort.
2: Well, I'm going to decide how many cookies you get at the end of the episode based on <laughs> how good a boy you are. So just right, remember Based that. on how immediately
0: I can change an ingrained pattern that I hadn't thought about changing before.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Poor <laughs> you. Let's let's move on. (laughs) Um, So I I went to I uh... I
0: went to some deep intellectual sources on this stuff. I was like, I really want to get the arguments down. I went Mm -hmm. to YouTube.
2: Yeah, go down to YouTube. Get some.
0: Got some John Stossel clip. Clip from the John Stossel show about
2: homelessness. It's sort of like the tip of the spear when it comes to pro-homeless rhetoric. Sorry, pro-homelessness rhetoric.
0: Well, he would argue that his rhetoric would actually, in the end, reduce homelessness because you're enabling... Not housing people.
2: (laughs) Homelessness
4: continues to be a significant problem in parts of America, and politicians say government must come to the rescue. Don't we need to do more for those desperate people on the street? Get them housing? No, says Heather McDonald who researches this at the Manhattan Institute. No?
5: Well, John, first of all, I wish we could retire the phrase homelessness because it suggests that these are people that were subjected to a, a hurricane and now they've lost their home in a natural disaster. In fact, many of these people street people street and it's become people, a scam in many cities. It has become a lifestyle choice. Lifestyle
4: choice, meaning well, it's not a good life begging.
5: Well, if you like a lot of booze and and drugs, you get people that give you money and of course that's what the money goes for immediately. Heather
0: McDonald, who is the person he was interviewing, framed homelessness as people choose drugs and alcohol over, you know, paying rent or the other things you could do with your money. It's a narrow like free will kind of, you know, I'm not a hard determinist, but I do think that situations influence people. And I think you'd be insane not to think that.
2: Yeah, when I hear stuff like that from, like, economic rationality arguments, I always think of, like, a room. It's like a computer-generated room that's like a grid with, like, these grid people interacting. <laughs> right, like, right, that right. always comes to my right, mind.
0: Yeah, you get to the corner of the grid and there's drugs and alcohol uh, to your right and paying your rent then the, to the left. the and menu you just, comes up and, and you just, yeah, A, B, which
2: choice <laughs> do you make? Yeah. And... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That argument, the reason it's given a platform is because it's hedgy. It's not given a platform because it's the most interesting take on homelessness. It's given a platform because it services power to rationalize that there's something natural about people suffering in poverty and people being deprived of their basic needs, what social ecologists would call the irreducible minimum, what we have on the show called the guaranteed basic outcome. Just mentioning Hedgie again,
0: it reminded me that they had like the stock footage of it just looked like a homeless guy sitting there. But Heather MacDonald looks at it and points out, she's like, wait, that's you. Right. And he's like, it's, "So you figured out choice. that was actually I, I, me, I would uh,
5: recognize this sort of certain uh, joie de vivre and, and elegance to him that is not like your average homeless guy.
0: This like rich TV guy LARPing as a homeless person in this kind of like goofy looking way. How
2: many times has the show ever tried to express what it's like to be homeless? I'm guessing zero times. John Stossel. I mean, I haven't seen all the episodes. The Stossel app <laughs> where he interviews a homeless person and asks, hey, like, what's it like to go to a homeless shelter as a woman? If I
0: was a betting man and I had to guess, I would say zero. Yeah. But if anyone out there is, proves me wrong on this, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong, send me the John mm. Stossel clip.
2: Yeah, the Stossel clip where he shows some basic compassion for some people who are treated like shit in society. But
0: besides just being hedgy, I think these narratives have a hold on people... Because, uh, like people do, make choices in their lives, and often with retrospect or even in the moment, you could have said that's a bad choice. Don't make that choice. That doesn't mean that that makes it okay, or that that makes government services a crutch or a, a support of those bad choices. I don't. I don't think those things make sense. But I, but I do think that. These narratives also have an appeal to people because of that. And, and another th- video I watched was uh, Stefan Molyneux. He started it off talking about how he came from a single mother family and like a lot of poverty, taught himself to code, started a company. The, like, those narratives have a lot of power because it's true that some people in dire financial situations do find paths out of it.
2: That's an okay point. I I think we should make people feel empowered. And I get what you're saying, that people can see what appears to be evidence for these claims in society. It's true that people make choices in life. But so much of the situation of being homeless is based on all these contingencies that are far outside of the individual's control for a lot of people, you have a sort of social support network yeah. that when things go wrong, there's people who will catch you and help you get on your feet. And there's people who are caught and put back on their feet more times than we ever see in yeah. public. Yeah, yeah, sure. if, if bad choices made you homeless, Uncle Adams would be homeless. <laughs> right, right.
0: There's a nexus here between people making choices, their responsibility for themselves in their lives, and a lack of ability and contingent circumstances that force people into these situations. And you can frame most people's stories in terms of either one of those. And people can choose to look at it one way or the other. If you admit that there's any space for lack of ability, for contingent circumstances being the cause of some of this for some people, like if you don't think that it's just this easy A-B choice, like Heather McDonald was laying out, then The idea that we aren't doing more to help these people becomes horrifying. It's not all their personal responsibility. And it's almost like they want to say, well, if there's any chance that it's choice, then we can't offer these people anything because that would be so bad. You'd be enabling their bad choices if we gave them a home when they'd made a bad choice.
2: Where does this come from that? you would ever say that because someone made a bad choice, they deserve to be deprived of their basic needs. What choice is so bad that you deserve to be deprived of your fucking basic needs? It's sort of like a naturalistic brutalism. Like, well, in nature, there's no welfare state to help you. And it's like, well, actually in nature, there is a welfare state. It's called your like little tribe of monkeys. And you all (laughs) like you have social expectations of each other and you take care of the sick and shit. This whole idea that there's any sort of dependency, you know, the welfare is helping them too much. Oh, I got a hot meal today and now I'm not going to go out and strive. I'm not going to go become Steve Jobs because I got my free meal today. The idea that you would help people leave homelessness by not giving them support. The support that I'm saying that we should give people is a home. If you give them a home, they're not homeless. So I'm going to piece this together now. If there's a debate on whether or not giving people a home or depriving them of a home, which is better at ending and solving their homelessness, I think you'd have to be a fucking John (laughs) Stossel level fucking, trying to think of the right word, you'd have to be a John Stossel level misanthrope to say that the solution to homelessness is to not give people homes. Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. And now we go to two
0: billionaires who have just been released from a grueling, meta-modern neo-communalist re-education program, which has rendered them 100% sympathetic to people who are homeless. Now, dusting off their jackets, they head down the long road back to their lives as changed men. Oh, Spensworth, Spensworth, I can't believe how callous and cruel, I used to be to the
2: homeless. I can't believe how cruel and callous I used to be. Spensworth, <laughs> I was more
0: cruel than no, you. No, no,
2: Bysworth, I was quite cruel, but now I see the light. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. What matters is what we do now, mm, and yes, I'm going to be... it's one be... thing to hold an idea in your head, it's another thing to bring it out into reality and help someone, and I intend to do that, Bysworth. Well, and... I intend to do it oh, first. Oh, yes, sure, Probably sure. better
0: than you also. Oh,
2: yes, you're going to be doing a fantastic job, and we all can't wait. Bysworth is going to help so many people and we're all so proud i can only
0: assume that you're being sincere and so i will take your words at face value I, uh,
2: <laughs> I was having a touch of sarcasm back at my mansion i've got a big button that's going to help so many people all billionaires have the button that can help the homeless but i'm going to use I'm it i'm
0: going to use it first i'm going oh, home right now No, you're not i'm going I'm to be rushing pushing that right
2: away i'm going home now we-
0: back at their respective mansions So I'll just head up to my secret
2: study in my mansion by myself. And now I'm at my house going to my big button because I want to help the homeless as all billionaires have the power to do. So I'll just take out this box dust it off.
0: My heart is so warmed thinking about all the vulnerable people who will be helped. Can't wait to press this
2: button. This is so fascinating. I'm by myself and yet I'm still thinking of helping others. That camp really worked. And I'll press the button, get rid of all my wealth. Oh, it, well, if I press this button, all my wealth. then I'll... This oh, could be Spensworth trying to get run over has on has been me. trying to trick me this whole this 28 days. This whole re-education days. camp was this his buys idea. Spenceworth is destroying my He's not going to press the button. He, he just w- wants to... i to press my button he's he not he going to press his. He almost got me.
0: He almost got Take me. I'm my gold-plated phone. I'm dial him off. up and tell him that... Oh,
2: I'm on to you, you scumbag. No,
0: I'm on to you. Tried to get me to press the button so that no. I would lose all uh, my money. Worth?
2: now this double fake-out you're doing isn't fooling anyone. And I I that, we what all know this was your play. plan all along to get me to solve homelessness while you keep your wealth. This is
0: one of your plots. I've never missed uh, one of them. Well,
2: uh, Barsworth, it upsets me so much to hear your stupid uh, voice. Well, you can
0: rest assured I'm never pressing this button because I know that's what you want. Well, you can to lose rest my assured my that
2: my hatred for you has overridden any compassion in my heart and I'm slowly learning to forget because I'm aware of what you've done. It's all applied maybe by
0: you. Maybe one day you'll learn that re-education camps don't work.
2: Hmm, so well, well maybe one day you'll make as much investment as I made on the Lakeshore property.
0: <laughs> mm, <laughs> I will. I, Bastard.
1: Vernon, we're out here Hollywood. Well, obviously, we're blind. How do you survive? I
6: survived the kindness of other people. I have God in my heart and I just got through help Barry and my fiance and it took all the money that I had and I'm on the streets for a month. I should be getting my disability on the third. But until then I have to depend on the kindness and the goodness of other people to make it from day to day. The government, all they care about is the rich. They don't care about the poor.
1: If you had three wishes, what would they be?
6: One wish would be to get rid of all sin and evil in this world. My second wish would be for no death. And the third wish is for everybody to treat each other the way they want to be treated.
1: Thank you very much for talking to me.
6: You're welcome. You
2: know what, John Stossel? I really crossed the line there when I told you to go fuck yourself. I went too far. And so I want to meet you halfway, John. I will tentatively agree that it's possible, and maybe even likely, that at least some of the people who are homeless are without a home and are without support In part or in whole, due to choices they have made that were poor choices and that they could have made better choices. And I'm hoping that you'll also meet me halfway here, John, because if there is even one person who is without a home who doesn't deserve it, who is a victim of circumstance, who has done everything right and has made the right choices, and despite that, ended up without a home, that is a moral nightmare. Aaron, do you have any statistics on what percentage of homeless people deserve it?
0: I do have some statistics that I think will be relevant here in helping people assess this. So first, just a few broader statistics. The National Coalition for Homeless People states that 25% of people who are homeless suffer from a severe mental illness compared to 6% of the general population. Huh. Why'd
2: they choose that?
0: The Center for Justice and Social Compassion found that a total of 45% of people who are homeless suffer either from a physical disability or a severe mental illness. This next one, different studies I've seen place it at different levels, but... Somewhere between 50, maybe even up to 70% of people who are homeless have a brain injury in their past. This could be something like a concussion, a blow to the head, a lack of oxygen for a significant amount of time. There's a lot of different ways that people can become brain injured, and there's a lot of different symptoms that it can cause. Major decreases in impulse control, decreased ability to pick up new skills, decreased ability to regulate emotions, just a lot of things that could cause people issues, trying to hold down jobs, trying to participate in society. Uh, I don't think people uh, with any of these problems deserve to be on the streets. I I don't know what John Stossel thinks.
2: Yeah, John, what do you think?
0: I have some more stats specifically from Vancouver, from the BC Nonprofit Housing Association. In Vancouver, 33% of homeless people have a physical disability. 38% have a mental illness. 44% have a chronic medical condition of some kind. And 53% of homeless people have an addiction to a substance. So when you keep in mind that 83% of people are in at least one of those categories, and 21% have either a full or part-time job, I'm imagining that the number of homeless people who don't have one of those four things and also don't have a job is extremely small. So It's like either you have a circumstance that like very much contributes to your situation or you're part of the people who's like has a job and you're homeless anyway. Like you went out and got a job. You did the thing that everyone tells homeless people to do. Go get a job. They did it. 21% of homeless people in Vancouver did it and is still homeless.
2: Yeah, and then think about what it's like to be homeless and without a job. You don't have a place to shower that's regular, or you have to go out into pools and stuff like that. Things like hotels are super expensive to stay in. So maybe you're camping in the woods or maybe like sleeping on the street and working a job at the same time. That's gonna be something that's gonna affect your job performance, cause you to lose your job or miss shifts of work or something like that. Then you've got all this like spare time and then you don't have a place to go and be alone. What a fucked up situation. I was once what people would call a hidden homeless person. You know, like I didn't have a home of my own, and I was staying with friends and moving from like couch to couch for a couple months. And it was something that I partially chose to do, but also something that was based on sort of like the housing crisis that we had. If you had a ton of money,
0: you might not have chosen to do that. Choices happen in the context.
2: Yeah. It was a choice to leave that living situation, but it was a coerced choice by circumstances. I was trying to evade the fear of death because my house was in a neighborhood where I was physically attacked. So I ended up sleeping on couches for a while, and it does sort of mess with you. It's weird not having that privacy. And I was able to return to a typical living situation where I now have my own apartment again and stuff. And this is a long time ago, but I have like a taste of. What it's like to be rootless, and it's disturbing. And it's probably more disturbing if you're not warm at night. And it's probably more disturbing if you don't have any close friends. I'm such a homebody. And like, I also had a very stable
0: home growing up. We never even moved. My parents, fine, still together. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I've always had a very strong foundation or feeling of like, okay, like my parents' house has always been there. They're still in the same house. Like if you get what I mean, like I, I know how reassuring that is. And like, I have anxiety issues still, even with having all that. And, and just like, imagining not having it and not having the stability there as a child and then never knowing this basic simple peace that I've known. I'd, I'd rather hurt my body in almost any way than to feel like I didn't have a place to go to that was mine where I could lock the door and just have a moment by myself or with, you know, my family.
2: I wanted to talk about what people say about homelessness because I think it's important to acknowledge that people say really harmful things and hedginess is very common i wanted to talk about it but i i'm in a bad mood and it's really like i'm not in even the mood to like pick them apart point by point oh here mr stossel let me show you the errors (laughs) in your logic it's bigger than that it's like fuck you you're fucking rich you're gonna dress up as a goddamn homeless person for your little sketch have someone on your show talking about how these people who don't like no one deserves what these people face no one deserves what they face You know, lick my butthole, John Stossel. Like, go to I have to agree with you.
0: Just as a sort of technical statement, John Stossel should lick your butthole. Because I really feel like that kind of rhetoric is at least partially what's responsible for the fact that homelessness has increased by 30% in Vancouver since 2014. And the data I'm reading is from the beginning of 2017. So it's probably more than 30% since four years ago. That was just a three year rise 30%.
2: That's interesting. And that's since 2014. And if I recall correctly, the ruling party in Vancouver, what's their name? Vision Vancouver. I think they promised in 2008 that they would end street homelessness in Vancouver by 2015. They didn't do that. But not only did they not do that, since 2014, it's up by
0: 30%. And just for a comparison point, the population of Vancouver as a whole has only risen by 6%. So it went up about five times as fast as the population did.
2: I'll give a little bit of breathing room to poor Mayor Gregor Robertson. He's stepping down, not necessarily directly in shame for not ending homelessness, but I'd, th- I'd say it's on the table. I think it's part of it. It's not just the city of Vancouver that didn't end homelessness in Vancouver. It's also the province of British Columbia that didn't end homelessness. And it's also the federal government. Mm. They used to, for a long time, build social housing. They'd build social housing every year. Affordable, accessible housing that was built for the use by people, not for profit. It was a constant thing they invested in for decades and decades and decades. This is federal government? Talking about? Federal and provincial okay. together. Okay. And they stopped. They slowly... Stop doing that and they actually started selling off their public housing assets to make short-term balanced budget fucking bullshit sell off their goddamn resources turn it into fucking private apartments the
0: government got smaller
2: hey yeah the government got smaller (laughs) that's a good point we wouldn't want the government to be so big it could house the homeless Another thing,
0: John Stossel, that I think you might want to acknowledge, Stefan Molyneux, I think you probably would acknowledge this because you talk about it. There's a thing called the ACE score, Adverse Child Experiences score. It's a very simple test. It's a list of like 10 things. If you answer yes to them, you get a point on the score. So these are categories of traumatic experiences that can happen to people in childhood. People who score zero on the ACE score have a 1.3% rate of homelessness. People who score eight on the ACE score have a 33% rate of homelessness. So again, if we're talking about circumstances that contribute to choices and choices not happening in a vacuum, 33% of the people with the most adverse childhood experiences are homeless versus like 1% of people with zero. These aren't just rational actors making choices on a grid. These are real people with histories that matter and that their choices exist within the context of.
2: A lot of the time, it's because they got fucked over really, really bad. They had a traumatic childhood. They were deprived of things that they should have been given at various points in their life. And at the end, they're making what looks to you like irrational choices. I think when people are deprived of the context of a home, it Immediately has psychological and physical effects that are observable and it, it changes them. Not in a way that's permanent but in a way that's significant during the time that they're homeless. There's a lot of evidence on the subject of what scarcity does to people's minds and what not having things does to people. It's yeah. not good. It's Because a home is part of us. Our home is part of us. And we evolved in homes, in communities. Our psychology is built to have a home. And when you deprive people of a home, you push people towards addiction. You push people towards mental illness. It makes people more impulsive. It makes them less rational. We all have these latent capacities and putting people in a position like this is gonna bring that stuff out, and it does bring stuff like that out. There's evidence that shows this, but then if you give people what they need, those tendencies disappear, and they're able to fully express themselves and and feel comfortable in the world. Yeah, get a hold on their lives again. Uh
6: Oh, Uh, this
0: ladder's kinda steep. Yeah, don't look down. (laughs) Uh, How often do you go up on your roof? To be honest, not a lot. I'm kind of nervous. Whoa, look at that view. Just sit down. I won't slide off, right? Yeah, no, 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 there's friction. You won't slide off. What if I trip and roll off? Oh, come on. You'll be fine. What if lightning strikes us? Oh, you're just being silly now. (sighs) It is peaceful, though, looking at the stars.
6: Mm -hmm.
0: In the city and just life, you know? I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I was downtown today and I saw that there was a lot of you know, people there who are homeless mm-hmm. and it just bummed me. I was wondering, what do you think about homelessness? Are you in favor, against?
2: Oh, um, hmm, let me just think. I, I really want to make sure that I'm not weighing in prematurely on this. Hmm, hmm. Uh, I, so I've got a first feeling I've got like a gut feeling But What's that? Sometimes a gut feeling can be misleading You know mm. Sometimes you really have to analyze Do you want me to tell you what I think? No, 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 no Don't, don't, don't um, I really want to Not be swayed by emotions Not be swayed by society Trying to like Impress you mm. I just want to purely use my rationality And just use fully logic And just figure out exactly what my position is It's important to me that I'm rigorous in thought before I weigh in on something, it's a moral nightmare. I think. I think it's a moral nightmare. I'm against.
0: Oh yeah, moral nightmare. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you think so. Are you saying that if I didn't think so you'd push me off the
2: roof? No, no, I mean you're my friend. I would just Cuz I think I'd, this atmosphere of censorship gets a little out of control sometimes. We got to have civil discussions. Just think rationally. Wh- I would just challenge you about it is all I meant. But I'm just saying like people are so censorious sometimes, you know, they just really want to like shush wrong thing you I, know? Yeah, sometimes, but like, like that's, I'm against I'm, homelessness. Right. But like I want to reserve the right to be in favor of it without all this uncivil discourse did, like we need civility did someone tell you to shut up about your opinions or something
0: no like, no
2: no one ever said any i'm just saying like we can't just throw someone off a roof because we disagree with them i agree we shouldn't throw people off roofs like we i'm not saying about, you were gonna do that i'm right. just saying like a lot of people who that claim to be tolerant do that sort of thing who what do you mean? Like, I feel like you're gaslighting me. Like, it's everywhere, man. People being thrown off roofs. Oh, you know what? I think I'm just having sort of like a paranoid centrist episode oh that's okay it'll pass you know how it is being a centrist sometimes you
0: go wildly off the rails yeah you got enemies to both sides
2: yes yes
0: if you think about it's really it, though, hard sometimes might be even more overwhelming to be on one side because then you're kind of cornered mm. But if you had two enemies both coming at you from the same side that's a good point i always like to think of different political tendencies as warring factions yeah and there's three
2: beautiful night though beautiful night yeah.
0: My anxiety started to calm down about being up on the roof. Glad you suggested we come up here.
2: Do you know what? When that paper factory burned down, did everyone get out okay? I mm, think so. It was at night. Oh, okay, good. Cool. Why? I don't know. I just saw the headline. I didn't read the article. But, you know, I worry about other people sometimes. It's just that everyone's all right. You know? Everyone out there tonight is all right. Yeah.
0: It's a heavy burden. So, honestly, maybe that's a weird thing to say, but... Oh, man. imagine worrying about every person
2: <sighs> yeah i guess
0: it's like you have to but it's also kind of impossible yeah. drive you mad
2: yeah i guess if you can just go and help one person you know one person who needs help gets it
0: yeah no definitely yes yeah, better start, than
2: all the worrying in the world
0: start with something that you can achieve and do you know recognize bigger problems but like you can't take that all yeah i just help one person sorry i just i really agree with you that's great because it's something you can do yeah
2: we get the fucking government to help everybody
0: yeah those motherfuckers got the money yeah
2: we know they have money we just gotta make them do what we want beautiful night though hope everyone's all right stunning me too Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is proudly brought to you by Hostile Architecture. Hi, I'm Edward G. Hostile, and my family at Hostile Architecture has been working on some incredible solutions for keeping people who are homeless off of the front steps of your business and to make sure they don't sleep on benches like people use for sitting when they're waiting for a bus or in a park, etc. And the way that we do this is by covering them in spikes My great-grandfather, Jeffrey T. Hostile, discovered in 1926 that the homeless don't like lying on spikes. From there, we've started a multi-generation business of instead of getting to the root of the problem, just making the problem go away from my private business and or city planning initiative. Smooth, comfortable surfaces don't belong in public. Cover those things in spikes. Don't you know that there's thousands of people who don't have a place to sleep tonight? Hostile Architecture, proud sponsor of today's Seriously Wrong.
0: Just want to quickly mention Heather McDonald in that interview, big fan of hostile architecture. Here's a
2: headline,
4: spikes, metal studs, treat the homeless like animals.
5: Well, they're just trying to maintain some public order. It's not unreasonable to expect that city sidewalks are free and clear for business owners not to have to clean feces and crack needles.
0: She said crack needles, which I thought was pretty fucking that's funny. Not, that's not a real thing. That's not how you take crack, Heather McDonald. You should have I, a cursory you know knowledge
2: what? of the drug users you're seeking to dehumanize, I think.
0: Yes. Part one. Part two, there's one thing I agree with you on. Business owners should not have to clean up feces or crack needles.
6: Crack
0: needles. needles. <laughs> And the solution to that is putting every homeless person in a home. Thank you, Heather McDonald. So
2: take all the money that was going to be spent on spikes to poke the homeless with. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> take all that money and <laughs> take all that money and instead of spending it on spikes, tax it and then build housing. Spikes to poke homeless people should be taxed at like ten thousand percent. If you want to install them, it's got to cost you a small fortune.
0: That's such an interesting idea. Like Instead of making these kinds of morally repugnant things illegal, putting those kinds of taxes on things. I'd love to normalize 10,000% taxes on things. It's like, oh, it's going to cost you $5,000 to install these spikes. What's the 10,000% of that? You have to times by... Ten hundred, five thousand so you have to pay five hundred thousand dollars in taxes because there's a ten thousand percent tax on that. It's not illegal. There's just a ten thousand percent tax I think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's also costs less money to do the right thing. Exactly. Hostile architecture contributes to the moral abomination that is the dehumanization of people who are already in the worst material conditions in our society.
1: Jojo. Yes. We're here in Hollywood,
7: mm-hmm. you're homeless. Yes, I've been homeless for quite a while already. What's well, quite a while? More than five years.
1: Five years you've been out here? What I've
7: happened? been homeless since I was like about 17 and a half. What happened? i just been going through a lot with my family. There's a lot of things my dad did to me when I was younger. Abuse me, beat me up, gay-bashed me, treat me like a dog. and I'm so sorry. Just. Wanted to transition to become a a woman. I'm transgendered. My mom, she's okay with it now, but my dad is not. He's really, really not. And I don't appreciate the things that he did to me. I don't like the things that he did to me. I, but even though he's still my dad, I still have love for him. But now it's too late for him to be my dad, be a parent, and that I'm out here homeless and I have lupus. Oh my god. So everything's hitting me, but. It's okay. I know I'm strong though. I'm very strong. I've been like going to the LGBT Center, doing their resources. I've been going to Schrader. I've been going to all these programs for like 60, 90 days. I tried doing a lot of things. Actually, I volunteered. I'm actually doing community service just to get a job. And that's smart. and And it sucks because. Doing all the free hours and not getting paid is like, damn, I'm doing all this effort, but I yeah. see what I'm doing it for, but okay. it's like, okay, you're homeless, how to get yourself out of the situation? Find solutions, yeah. problems, and it's like, one thing after another, it kicks me back and notch, like four back steps. They, it's just, I feel like me being homeless is just putting me more down, it's not only because I'm trans and that's not an excuse.
1: From my experience, working with homeless people all over, People that identify LGBTQ, trans, are doubly persecuted.
7: Well, yeah, because they look at them as a, as a label. And I'm tired of being looked at as a label. And I've been beaten up because I'm trans, I've been gay-bashed because I was trans, I've been raped. Um, my ex-boyfriend, he made someone kidnap me for a couple minutes too. I've done sex work because of him. Um, I'm so sorry. But now I look at it as like, it it wasn't me, it was him. So like me being homeless, I'm just tired of it because people are just giving the homeless people a bad name because, oh, either you're a junkie, you're a raper, child molester, just a weirdo, or don't have no purpose, a deadbeat, a a lowlife. And I'm just tired of hearing those nasty words. And you know what, like I say, dust my shoulders off, keep my head up high, and aim for the prize.
1: If you had three wishes, what would they be?
7: My three wishes? That's hard. But I know one is to cure my lupus. Good wish? Two, give back to other people as well as I want to give back. Three, I just want to make my family happy.
0: So these interviews with people who are homeless that... Have been playing throughout the episode come from a website called invisiblepeople.tv. And I'm just going to read from the About section of their website. I once heard a story of a homeless man on Hollywood Boulevard who really thought that he was invisible. One day, a kid handed the man a Christian pamphlet. The homeless man was shocked. What? You can see me? How can you see me? I'm invisible. It isn't hard to comprehend this man's slow spiral into invisibility. Once on the street, people started to walk past him and ignore him as if he didn't exist. And it's not, it's not that people are bad, but if we make eye contact or engage in conversation, then we have to admit that they exist. And we might have a basic human need to care about them. And it's so much easier to simply close our eyes and shield our hearts to their existence. So I think it's a really powerful project. I encourage everyone to go to their website and watch the interviews. And I also encourage everyone to check out Invisible People has a Patreon. They deserve support. They're doing great work. And I think it's worth spending some time with these stories because it is a lot easier a lot of the time to pretend it doesn't exist or not really think about it and we should
2: and there's there's half a million people in the United States alone that are homeless half a million 550,000 people who are human beings they're not cartoon characters they're not just something that's aesthetically unappealing that you walk by human beings that had childhoods had parents complex stories that you walk through sometimes yeah every single one of them a literal human being and 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 how do we live with this how how do we live with this like re- really like how how do i justify to myself that when i walk home from work at the end of the day i walk by several people who are without basic shelter. Like, how does your brain classify that? Because I sort of fluctuate in different ways. Sometimes I'll shut it out entirely, pretend that they're invisible, mm-hmm. for sure. Sometimes I'll reach into my pocket and give random individuals w- just whatever I happen to have at that time and just feel this, like, moment of... But then other times i give no one anything for uh, a yeah. long, long right. time. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll reach into my pocket and just grab some. You know, I've got some random change in my mm-hmm. pocket and just sort of a random amount based on the pinch of my finger. And I understand that the change isn't going to correct the problem, but he, he also like, it's not like every time I see a homeless person, I think about how it's a political choice that they're homeless. Probably should. I probably should think that rather than thinking about my sort of like moral position in relation to the change economy. And, and like, cause yeah. I think that's sort of the thing that, you think about. I, I've, during some of my shifts,
0: I've sometimes just kept a little mental count of like, oh, if I gave 50 cents to every homeless person, I either walk past or is at an intersection and then doing a quick bit of math of like, oh, that would sub- actually substantially reduce my paycheck for this shift. Or for like, by if I go by the month, it'd be like in the hundreds. And it's like, I don't, I can't spare hundreds of dollars a month. I can't give everyone 50 cents. I, I give homeless people money occasionally, but
2: well, and it, the fix needs to be systemic. It needs to be something that's done in an organized way. Make sure that there's non-market housing available in such an abundance that not only do we house the most vulnerable people in it, but we actually have enough of that sort of housing for people who fall on bad luck or even just people who are of low income. It needs to be on a larger systemic sort of level. But, oh man, Aaron, this... Uh subject kind of gets me down man it's it's a bummer. is there anything cool that people are doing like if they're feeling daring and they want to do something that's you know obviously insufficient but in a sense also necessary to fight homelessness head on direct action is there anyone who's kicking ass out there right now?
0: Yeah, I'm really, really glad you asked this because there's a group out there they're doing great work, risky work, technically illegal work, but I can't help but think that they are Heroes, in a sense. They call themselves ANAL. That's A-N-A-L. <laughs> the Autonomous Nation of Anarchist Libertarians. And where do they operate? ANAL operates in London, in England. And they know the name's funny, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Good. So what ANAL does Is find apartment buildings or mansions, large buildings that are currently not being used, are
2: currently empty. Like speculative property or in-between developments? Yes,
0: absolutely. Speculative properties, in-between developments, and again, even mansions. Just mansions that people aren't currently using.
2: Oh, big guy's got an empty mansion. Jesus Christ, can you imagine that? Oh, that's just my unused mansion. (laughs) Exactly, right. (laughs) So what they
0: do is they find a way into the building. They break and enter. And then they let homeless people in and they don't leave until physically forced to, which takes a very long time to go through the legal process because of squatting rights and other things. So what they materially do is provide some homeless people with a relatively stable place for a few months at a time. And they've done this with a total of 30 to 40 buildings over the past few years.
2: That's really, really fucking cool and funny and righteous. And it's a type of utope.
0: Yeah. One of the interviews I saw, they were interviewing some of the homeless people who had a place to stay, had a door on their apartment <laughs> in the building that was being occupied. And the change that it made in their lives is so huge. Like You just can't overstate how big of a thing this is for those people mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing work it's a beautiful thing to do
2: hell of a job anal we love anal too. <laughs> anal sounds awesome
6: all right folks
2: it's felix bones here with a very special message from our friends at tactical houses now we got here at the narrative war store a fully tactical portable house. Now this is a house you can carry with you. It's got pouches on it, it's got a sunroof, it fits on your back, and it's got a micro titanium lining. And that keeps all the signals out. The signals that get to your brain, the signals that take things from your brain, and the signals that take things from other parts of your body. Now we've got all the research, we've got all the documents, you're going to have to tune into Narrative Wars to find the full detail of exactly what specifically, or who specifically, is being taken from you using signals. Unless you have a titanium-lined tactical house. Proud sponsor of today's Seriously Wrong podcast, I'm Felix Bones.
6: Uh... <coughs>
2: It was a cold, freezing night in the summer of 2018 in Wrongtown. Too cold for a summer night, the rain coming down. Aaron and Sean at the Wrong Boys detective agency were cozy and warm. They might as well have been called the Warm Boys. They were so cozy. And they were talking about the finer things in life. You know, the perfect utopia that they want to create together. So... Cake still tastes good, but it's healthy, right? Yeah,
0: let's say healthier, not
2: healthy. Maybe we pay everyone fifty dollars a month just to n- know how to give massages and give other people massages when they need them. Fifty bucks a month's not a lot, but I would definitely collect that check. Yes, yeah, so you just put an initial investment
0: in of learning how to give people massages, yeah. and you sort of make yourself mildly available,
2: or it's just kind of when you feel like it. Yeah, it's on an ad hoc basis for sure. Yeah, you can give lots or you can give a little, but it's when it's needed is most important. Giving right. massages that when they're needed—that makes sense. Four-week course paid time off yeah
0: no definitely I think getting people acquainted with how the body works in that way like the hands on experience it's it's really important well
2: it's gonna help them and that's when he came in he was freezing cold wet bearded and unsently he'd been spending the last 63 days on the streets of Wrongtown because the shelters are full they're always full whenever he goes there Hey, hi there. Welcome to the
0: Wrong Boys Detective Agency. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. You're a detective, right? You're detective boys? Boy detectives, detective boys,
2: either way is fine. I've got a mystery that needs solving. I want you to get to the bottom of something. That's what we're here for. So I was, uh, sitting out in the rain in a folded wet box, trying to sleep, uh, yeah. Jeez, that's... To you it might be a nightmare, but I call it Tuesday. Just kidding.
0: Sorry I didn't laugh, but I was just feeling really dumbfounded. at. So
2: anyways, I was sitting out there in my box, freezing cold, unable to sleep, and I was sort of trying to think of a steel man for why the social role of a person who's homeless should exist. Hmm. What is the best possible argument to justify this situation? That's
0: very rigorous, rational thinking. Oh,
2: yeah. I was a rationalist before my luck took a turn for the worst. Seems like you still are. And really, uh, all the sort of moral arguments I was able to piece together, you know, people deserve it or make the bad choices or they're lazy or they're drug users and all this sort of easy bullshit. But the real question is, who's going to pay for it? Where does the money come from? It costs like $100,000 to create a unit of housing. And I guess what I want you to get to the bottom of, Wrong Boys, is who's going to pay for that? How can it be financed? How can you plausibly do it? What's the timeline like? Is this possible?
0: Whew, that, uh, that's a tall order. That's the biggest case we've ever faced.
2: Yeah, you know, we solve murders. We solve arsons. <sighs> every day. We solve kidnappings of prominent public officials. Three last week. But when someone comes into our office and asks us the question, how are you going to pay for your beautiful ideas? You know, it always stumps us. Yeah, we like to sit here by the
0: warmth of the radiator and lay out our ideas for a better future, but who is going to pay for it?
2: Who is going to pay for it?
0: We'll get to the bottom of it. It's just awkward. How will you be paying? Uh, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. It's pro bono. Of oh. course it's pro bono. <laughs>
2: oh, that's okay. Oh, good. Good one. To be honest, I, I run out of irreducible minimum check far before the next one comes every, pretty much every
6: time. Yeah, uh, what, it's not what nearly our enough.
0: society considers an irreducible minimum is shockingly low and cruel. So I'm sorry about that,
2: you know. Yeah. I mean... It is how it is, I guess. It is how it is right now, but, you know, we'll see. Let's get to the bottom of it. Are you ready to open up Google search AltaVista? Vista? Yeah. Will the Wrong Boys be able to solve the mystery? Will the irreducible minimum check be increased? And who the heck is gonna pay for it? All these answers and more later on Wrong Boys Mysteries.
1: Amanda. Yes. You're homeless here in Seattle. Yes. Tell me about it.
8: Seattle's beautiful. What do you wanna know?
1: How do you survive out here? You're living under a bridge.
8: I try to remember that for as many negatives there are, that there must be that many positives. And so I keep looking at the positives and I keep trying to remember that there are beautiful colors and that that I'm saving my life. And that I'm making a difference in this world because no one's gonna stop that.
1: You remain positive even though you're going to the bathroom outside.
8: Yeah, it's like camping.
1: But you keep telling yourself that.
8: You have to. You have to. Because you have to get through it. And you have to remind yourself that you are a person. You are not a thing. And it doesn't matter who threw you away and it doesn't matter how you were treated in the past, you are worthy of getting through this. If you've got to be a Disney princess to do it, be a Disney princess.
1: Be a Disney princess to get through homelessness. Yeah.
8: Do whatever you got to do. Right. If you've got to pretend to be a pirate, if you've got to pretend to be a traveler, if you've got to pretend that all of it is something that you want desperately, do it. However, you've got to do this to get through to this. escape the
1: reality. Yes. Which is why a lot of people use drugs. Well, oh gosh, this pain. okay.
8: I complain a lot about addiction. You know, they don't treat it. And so we have to be around it, those of us who are not on it. I complain a lot about that. But I also understand if I was not able to do what I do, and I had to sleep on a cold sidewalk and had nothing to temper the cold or the pain or any of it, yeah. I can see grabbing something to get through it. The pain would be unbelievable. Sometimes you try to get through it by thinking whatever. It's a beautiful day, it's a wonderful life, there's gorgeousness, whatever, I'm camping.
1: You are just telling me the birds, you like the birds the in the The birds morning, singing,
8: whatever, you know. I've made friends with all the spiders. It's wonderful, but then you get Company's coming, Mark's coming, and you want to clean, and you're like, okay, company's coming, I'm going to clean. And then you realize that there is nothing going to fix this. The reality hits, and there's nothing that makes it pretty. There's no roses to throw on it. Because you realize that for all the work you put in, you still live under a bridge.
9: And that's where you're
8: at. And so you hurry up and you find the prettiest leaf and you're like, okay, there it is, beauty again. Where's my birds? Because you gotta get through it. So that's how you do it If you're not gonna turn to drugs.
2: God, it's, distur- it's really disturbing to imagine. There's like 30,000 people who are homeless every night in Canada. Canada's got a much smaller population in the United States. It's really disturbing to imagine that amount of people being deprived just their most basic needs. And we have the capacity to house them all, not just the empty speculation properties. We've got hotels, and we've got the capacity to build new housing specifically for them. All these things are soundly within the realm of possibility of making homelessness just not exist anymore and make it be something that it's seen as part of an archaic past where we used to take care of each other less and like yeah. it's 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 maddening that the, the yeah it's it's maddening how
0: achievable it is and it's maddening like the economics behind it because like this is something that I saw a few years ago this article that came out about a study that was published by the May Central Florida Commission on Homelessness which found that in their region, they spent approximately $31,000 per year per homeless person on things like jail stays and hospitalizations related to homelessness. But to house each of them and assign them a social worker that would help them deal with whatever issues are going on in their life. Mm -hmm. So not just a place to stay, but a place to stay with a staff of people who can help them would cost $10,000 per person. So it would save about $20,000 per person per year to house them and assign them a social worker instead of letting them be homeless. Uh, And I remember reading this article a way back, and I remember people saying things like, well, that's speculative. It wouldn't work that way in the real world. And someone today just pointed us to Finland and since two thousand eight, they've adopted what they call the housing first model. They de-emphasize shelters, de-emphasize any forms of transitional housing, and put all of the resources into immediately getting people into permanent homes with like their own place with a lock and a key and a lease, and there's rent. And if they make any money on welfare or whatever, they pay a little bit of rent. If they have a job, they pay a bit of rent. It all depends on how much money coming in. It might be fully subsidized for someone who has severe problems, but everyone gets a home immediately. And a study by the Tampere University in Finland found that after doing this for seven years, Even though the government spent $382 million building 3,500 units of housing, they saved. $18,500 $18,500 per person
2: per year. Per person? Per person per year. I thought that year. was going to, it came in close. They're like, <laughs> they actually saved eight, $18,000. Right. They're like, wow, that's so good. The people got housed. But no, it's 18000 per person? Every single year. And you're telling me that there's one government that did that instead of all government?
0: Yeah, actually, Finland's homeless population has dropped by 35% since 2008 when they implemented this. And that number is a bit misleading because many of the people who are still homeless are people like you were talking about, you were sleeping on friends' couches and stuff like that. The actual reduction in the people sleeping rough, sleeping outside has been much greater than just 35%. And by contrast, literally every other European country, North American country has seen homelessness rise, and rise by a lot in most of them. Recently, things haven't been great for homelessness anywhere
2: Unless you're a fan of homelessness, then it's (laughs) incredible.
0: Just reading about this Finland stuff was so inspiring to me because it makes perfect sense to me and everything I would have thought that would be true and flies in the face of like everything that a John Stossel might think.
2: Fuck you, John.
0: just john just listen you know listen to what we have to say sean's a little mad i'm know not what? gonna say fuck you yeah i didn't say you should lick his hole.
2: i'm sorry you know what john that wasn't productive <laughs> I you know i i want to have a nice civil discourse about whether or not all these people are human beings and whether or not all human beings uh, deserve dignity and, and shouldn't be treated like shit by rich shit bags fuck you john The experience
0: of Finland is that this policy has been the first policy that's ever allowed them to successfully house people with severe mental issues, substance abuse problems. The hard to house. The hard to house, who've been living on the street in inhumane living conditions for a long time. This has been extremely successful in getting those people into stable situations.
2: So everywhere where where homelessness is increasing, which is almost everywhere... There's political choices that are being made to pay extra money to keep people homeless. Yes. Like nobody's
0: thinking about it like that because our political discourse is so poisoned by garbage, John Stossel garbage. <laughs> Sorry to make you the face of this John Stossel, but. Poisoned you're... by mm, garbage. <laughs> poisoned by garbage. Um, but when you look at the economics, we are spending $20,000 per person, per year, to keep people homeless right now. Yeah. So why do they want to keep them homeless?
1: Really?
2: I mean, do they want to? Or are the people who are powerful enough to make decisions around homelessness incompetent, or are they actively malicious? I I think it's it's a reasonable question. I tend to think they're incompetent. I think it's mostly bad information. It's bad information and
0: the wrong way of looking at it. It's putting too much emphasis on the personal responsibility and the nexus between personal responsibility and contingent circumstances, acknowledging that both of those two things exist for the pragmatic purpose of solving this problem, it makes much more sense to focus on the contingent circumstances and making those better for people. And like, even if you're like, oh, they chose to be a drug addict, you're Heather McDonald. Homeless people who have gone through these programs have expressed how much easier it was to stick to their treatment, to go through addictions treatment successfully because they had a stable living situation. And that just makes so much sense. I'm sure that you understand that in Heather McDonald. Finland's housing first model, in all of their literature, they compare it to what they call conditional models. The sort of natural centrist outcome of too much weight being given to the personal responsibility, to the John Stosselite view, is these types of programs that make housing conditional in various ways. So if you go through treatment successfully, then you get housing the idea is that you want to motivate them to get off drugs by holding out housing as this carrot at the end so yeah instead of trying to like bait people into quitting drugs instead you give them a house and maybe some of them never get off drugs but a lot of them do and if even one if even one percent of them do then you're fucking them over by not giving houses to all of them well, and, and you're saving $20,000 per person per year. <laughs> and also, you should give a person
2: a house if they need it. It's a great deal. <laughs> and even if it wasn't a great deal, it's and even true, if yeah. it didn't help them quit right, drugs, right. even if it cost 20000 per person per year, and even if they did deserve it and they were just assholes and they just completely, they were just mean from birth just real jerks irresponsible ones. just
0: a constitutional jerk a bad person
2: (laughs) even if all those things you should still if you have the power to put someone in a house instead of having them sleep on the street you should opt for giving them the house and it's really just quite as simple as that Uh, just like on an ethical level but fuck it costs money to keep people poor it's it's like, this is going to be literally the shit that your grandkids make fun of you for. Unless you get out there and signal loudly on social media that you understand that it takes extra money to keep people poor. Poorness is a racket. Poorness is a racket for yeah, the I, fucking I was just saying, police we need enforcement. A, we need a
0: hashtag. We need a, like, a, how do we just it's the, get across that it costs $20,000 per person per year? Costs? $20,000 per person per year. Is a bit intricate, but it's also very powerful when you get someone to think through it for a second.
2: It costs us extra money to not do our moral duty to each other.
0: We're spending money to keep people homeless.
2: We're opening up the taxpayer wallet. Just Uncle Sam is grabbing big handfuls of taxpayer cash and then throwing it at keeping people homeless. It's an outrage. We should have our pitchforks in the streets.
5: But then you have a whole nother category in New York above all else of single mothers And they also get to claim the mantle of homelessness. And they are usually living with their own single mother or with friends. And finally, they say, it's too crowded. I can't take it any longer. I want my own home. And they get to call themselves homeless. And saying for them the solution is giving a free government apartment is completely wrong because it's going to just act as a magnet for more single mothers and for more people demanding free housing.
4: And they do get to be first on the list then if they're a single mother.
5: Well, they get priority for public housing and then they get priority for Section 8. Obviously, you as a Libertarian would say it's very hard to untangle the web of government subsidy. So it looks like the better solution is public housing, whereas you might say the better solution is the market, the free market. You know, another thing that alcoholics... Melissa.
1: you're out here homeless in Salt Lake City, with yeah, children.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Tell me about it. Well, Tell first, it. somebody wants to say hello. This Hello. Is, this
9: Hello? is home. Hello. Say hi. Hello.
1: Hello. <laughs> and everybody else. Hello. 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 So, tell me what it's like. <laughs> I mean, you're in a homeless shelter right now.
9: Yeah. It's really very scary there because oh we can wow. subject our children to seeing stuff like drug use every day and violence. And we've Ooh. seen people die on the streets and, and bodies have to be picked up by ambulances. Oh, my God. You know, of people who have overdosed. Oh, my God. And gosh. it's really scary. Yeah. And, um, in our situation, I'm trying to keep uh, their father, who is a questionable morals... Um, Mommy, can I um, yeah! our, our Abuse that went on. So then it was I'm safer
1: for you to leave? He, he
9: had bad. the children for a while. Like, and then he became incarcerated. Mother, and then sorry. I ended up getting the children back. it a really rough I'm battle with him and, then, and I don't feel sorry. like sorry. we are safe, but I, I'm trying to keep him out of the picture and he knows now where we're at. So I'm trying to get us, you know, to get us into a place where he can't f- find them and hurt them.
1: Where'd so you- you're out here panhandling. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for a while. Mm-hmm. You're
9: intelligent.
1: You have some computer skills.
9: Uh-huh. This is crazy. It is. So
1: what's your future like?
9: Um, not too bad if we can get out of the situation. I will be getting back into my online work. But right now, I only have my phone to work with. So as soon as, but as soon as I get right. Pixar. you need a computer and, and internet. I need my, I, we need a Everybody home. Everybody Because <laughs> I have a computer, I just don't have a home. Right. So as soon as I get my a home, then I can get Mommy, my back. can I do the picture. No, well, we're talking no. to this guy. So, it, and then I get back into it. Oh, if you had picture?
1: three wishes, what would they be?
9: to have them at home, be successful, and just overall be healthy and happy. That's it. And just live. And not have to worry about this every day. So.
4: I hear Mayor de Blasio of New York's just putting them in lots of homes where they don't work and they get stoned all day.
2: Lick my butthole, John Stossel. Lick my butthole, butthole, John John Stossel.
0: Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is proudly brought to you by reiterating the point I made earlier that there are two vacant investor properties for every homeless person in the United States. Right now, there's two empty houses that are owned by people who don't even want to use them. They just own them because they want to make money off of them. Two of them. Two for every homeless person. That's just, that's just true. So just so you know, two vacant investor properties for every homeless person in America. Proud sponsor
2: of Seriously Wrong. We're going to end homelessness. It's going to be easy. It just takes a few very basic things. Actually, it takes one thing per person. It's called a home. It's the when your position, you're like, we've got a <laughs> we've got a problem in society. Okay, well what's the problem called? Oh, it's called homelessness. Oh, let's break that down. What's the problem with homelessness? The listness of the homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it's the absence of homes is a problem. Yes. Yeah. And we're we're just absolutely out of ideas for what the solution <laughs> could possibly be.
0: <laughs> well, did you try looking into how many empty homes there are and maybe putting people into those oh no no sorry people own that's those okay, that's, no property people are making money on those things did you th- <laughs> <laughs> people need to trade those things like baseball cards
2: with ever-increasing value <laughs> that's not that's not a home that's a baseball someone, card you can have someone move onto the roulette wheel while it's still spinning baby <laughs> okay well did you consider i don't know is there anything that's a lot like a home that you have thousands and thousands of like just throwing it out there, hotels. Well, they exist, but they cost money. Yeah, they cost more money to sleep in than a house. It's just a fact of the universe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! That solution's Dang, not good either. It's too expensive. Uh, what just about just, we could do to
0: make them? What about just building apartment buildings? Why don't we just build apartment buildings and then put the people in the apartment buildings?
2: Uh, you're saying we have to enslave people to build apartment yes, buildings for right. us?
6: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And now we return to the Wrong Boys Detective Agency, where Sean and Aaron have been up all night researching how to pay to house the homeless.
2: Uh, Oh, my God. I've got it.
0: You've got it? You figured it out?
2: I've got it figured out. (laughs) <laughs> it's easy. It's easy? It's actually literally easy. Wow, that's amazing. I was expecting it was going to be really hard. Yeah, no, uh, the question is how are you going to pay for it? Yeah. With the money from the government. Oh, the government pays for it. So it's really, really common for major infrastructure projects to be paid off over the life cycle of that infrastructure project. For example, you put up $10 billion to build a bridge and then you make slow payments over a long period of time to like pay off that bridge. If you took that same principle into, say, like massive investment Investments in social housing. So, like, assuming that there's going to be no one in this social housing that has roommates at all, everyone's getting a single bedroom bachelor, and every individual unit costs about $120,000, which is, from my understanding, is more than the market rate of constructing. And let's assume that the people who are living in these units are paying $300 a month in rent for a one bedroom apartment. It's on the low side. So I'm assuming that they're paying way less than market rates and that it costs more than usual to build these suites. Well, in that event, it would still only take about 30 years to pay off all the suites if people were living in them. So, it it doesn't take that long to pay off, and it has such a massive moral good to it. And also, I just found out, based on studies out of Florida and Finland, it looks like you actually save $18,000 a year for every person who's homeless who's housed. So, it really just makes perfect economic sense to build a ton of housing for the homeless and then put them in it. Did you get all that? Our client, who
0: just walked back in right before Sean started explaining all the uh, information... Uh yeah. Yeah I did. That's a great answer. You boys really got to the bottom of it.
2: Oh well, thank you, sir. Do you have somewhere to sleep tonight, man? There's a piece of wet cardboard
0: with my name on it.
2: That's about it. Well, you know, we're just two boys, but if you want to use clean towels and stuff, if you wanna have a shower here and shave and stuff, and you can sleep on our couch for at least the night. It's it's it's
0: Nah, I appreciate that. You're good boys. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs>
2: Me crap. Oh, my God. Well, I'm really awkward around emotions, but I do have these cookies, like these good boy cookies, because we were all such good boys. We get cookies. Do you want one? Yeah, I'm actually really, really hungry. That would be great. Perfect, because I have no idea how to deal with emotions, especially from someone who's sort of a stranger. Um, Yummy. You're doing great. You're doing great. Mmm. You get one because you're a good boy. Thank you. You get this one because you're a good boy. a damn good and cookie. And I get one as well. Yeah, do you like them soft or crunchy? I'm more of a soft guy. Definitely soft. Yeah, what the fuck's up with the hard cookie people? Hey, I like hard cookie.
0: Nothing wrong with a hard cookie. <laughs> Shut up. You get milk with it, right? Uh, you can or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I eat crackers with nothing on them sometimes. So you know, don't mind a bit of dry. It's delicious. Jesus Christ! I've eaten dry crackers, but never by choice. (laughs) Yes. You hear that, Aaron? Whatever, guys. Now you're just being mean to me. Oh, whatever. If you can't take a joke, why don't you go home and sleep in your warm bed? Oh,
2: (laughs) fuck! That is punching up. That is punching up. And so the wrong boys got to the bottom of the case and did a little bit of interpersonal helping someone who needed it, even though it didn't get to the bottom of the systemic problems to help them in that way was still a really nice thing to do. The end. Today's episode of Seriously Wrong
0: is proudly brought to you by the wrong boys going after Jeff Bezos to get the money to house the homeless. Hi, Jeff. This episode isn't about you, but we know you're listening. And we just wanted to tell you that we know you have enough money to house all of the homeless people in America. And we think it would be a really good idea for you to consider doing that. If you don't, people may start to get the perception that you aren't a worthy steward of the wealth and of the power that that wealth bestows on you and the responsibility that that wealth bestows on you. Warning Jeff Bezos that if he doesn't take steps to end homelessness with his massive wealth, democratic institutions would be perfectly within their rights to seize it and use it to house the homeless themselves. Proud sponsor of Seriously Wrong.
2: Wow. Yeah. So rough, rough episode. This has been the hardest subject to make funny that we've ever done on the show. And during the process of researching it, I was moved to tears several times, reflecting on our moral failure as a society. And and just like, and so like part of me wants to say like to the listeners, like, I'm sorry in a sense for bringing you through this thing that you needed to see. I feel like I needed to
0: see also. I wanted to end the episode off by, like, researching what are some good positive things that are happening in the realm of homelessness. And, you know, there's some, like little things going on but like there was nothing that I could really I wanted to pull together a series of like see we really are taking action and a lot of the action is like we decided to make a committee or a new report came out and the report says guess what it's really bad and yeah. it's like <laughs> we, okay we need to stop with reports we need to stop figuring out who needs it the most we need to stop like all of that we just need to build buildings and get the people inside buildings it's so simple or it can be so simple
2: Yeah. And I mean, there's good stuff like, you know, Jeremy Corbyn over in the UK is talking about rough sleepers and housing them.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen a few things about the UK, actually, like people in the UK are starting to talk a bit about housing first, the term that Finland uses for its proposal of just getting people into housing first, housing first, housing first. That shit just needs to spread everywhere
2: here in vancouver we've got this really promising municipal campaign shaping up later this year where we've got gene swanson who we had in a previous episode and a a slate of candidates are running on a number of things but one of the things is seriously addressing the homelessness issue there's slivers of that optimism around yeah but there isn't the list of victories that i wish i could share with you but i i do have good news and the good news is that this moral nightmare is going to come to an end, and you're going to be part of it, and we're going to be part of it. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take sustained argument. It's going to take us finding these talking points, talking points like it costs more money to keep them on the streets than to treat them with basic respect. We can house everyone, and we're going to. And the more people who realize that's possible, the more it's going to spread. And so it's just going to keep on building and building and building. We're going to live in a society where no one is forced to live on the streets. That's going to happen, and it's going to happen because of the conversations that you have echoing in communities as the people you talk to talk to more people, and then they talk to people, and everyone sees that it's common sense and common decency, and if we don't do it, we're turning a blind eye to something that needs to be fixed desperately. It needs to be fixed 10 years ago, and we can do it.
0: Literally, the only thing that is preventing us from doing this is... That people think it's impossible. Just we need to get the word out there to absolutely everyone that not only is it possible, but that the evidence is that it saves money and that it's the fucking right thing to do. And it's easy. The government just needs to build buildings and put people in the buildings. It's literally that simple. We know how to build buildings. We know how
2: to spend, earmark- tax dollars. Yeah, spend tax dollars, <laughs> earmark money for specific things. You're spending money all the time. I'm not falling for this bluff anymore. I don't need to describe where the money's going to come from. I know you got money. You got the capacity to spend money. How all much- you got
0: to do is borrow a bit and it pays for itself. It, it, the, you know what they're worried about is short-term budget deficits within their thing. Like that's oh, the my problem. Oh my goodness, I well, ran well, a little short-term
2: deficit budget deficit boop, 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 boop. Long-term <laughs> savings aren't worth it. Grow up so on the good side everyone who needs a house now has one on the bad side oh this graph shut the (laughs) fuck up you're elected to represent human beings not graphs (laughs) it should never go below this point even for one year even if the long-term graph is going to look great lick my butthole guys get it together (laughs) it's so easy We just need to
0: bombard all levels of government with this information, that it's easy. Build the buildings, put people in the buildings, and save money. It's easy. Build the buildings, put people in the buildings, and save money. We can do this. It just takes a change in the realm of ideas. It takes people to understand that it's not impossible. We've done it in certain countries. It's just so doable, so simple.
2: Okay. So here's some quick math for you. There's over 550,000 homeless people in the United States of America. For every homeless person that you house, you're going to save $18,000. So that means that if we house 550,000 homeless people in the United States, we're going to save $10 billion a year. Every single year, $10 billion. That's a lot of money. That's what would you en- do with that, that kind of money? That's enough
0: money to build enough buildings to house all the homeless.
2: Yeah. And in 15 years, we'd have more money than Jeff Bezos does. So yeah, we got to stop not doing this and start doing it. This isn't some pie-in-the-sky, far-off, fucking go-to-the-star shit. This is like 2028 we could get this done. We're talking the short term. How long does it
0: take to build building? If 100% political will went into it, we could have everyone in buildings in under a year. If they just buy some buildings as well, which is part of what Finland did, they didn't build them all, they just bought some. Just buy some fucking apartment buildings and then put people in them.
2: It's easy. It's fucking easy. Well, anyways, I don't know. Do we come to a moral consensus on this episode? Is homelessness inevitable, or is it unsightly? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not it? inevitable.
0: It? It's it is unsightly. <laughs> moral abominations are often unsightly.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, that person looks dirty, gross. You know, actually, well, no, yeah. it, that's not what's gross about this.
8: The thing is, is it's embarrassing at first, and then you realize that. If people don't see this and they can't get it, then we are doomed. And people can push blame and say, it's this buddy's fault and somebody's fault and everybody's fault and whose fault is it? But in the end, it is what it is. It needs to be fixed. So really blame is
1: pointless. We just need to end homelessness. Yes. Forget the games, forget the bureaucracy. Because that's it. It's I, you over know.
8: and here's the thing. If we keep talking about it all there's going to be is talk and people are dying right now and right now I can't wash my hair because of the nerve damage and it's too cold and that seems like a really little thing, okay? I get it. It's not that big. Not in the scope of everything. But it's kind of big to me sometimes.
1: It, it is big. I have Grown to respect you as a person because you help everybody that you can, you fight to be positive, you're not scared to be vulnerable. Many a times, you will live broadcast crying like you are now. Yep,
8: because the thing is, is I realized because at first, when I was vlogging, I, I was just like always waiting until I was happy and able to communicate everything in a positive way. I was completely honest, but it was misleading to some people. I wasn't giving the whole story. I wasn't showing that I'm brain injured and there are these things that pop up and are not cool and are not fun and are real challenges and that people face these insurmountable odds sometimes. And that We get these questions like, why don't you? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't, why don't, why don't? I think as a homeless community a lot of times we push that away and we're like, you just don't understand. Okay, well, let's, let's help. And that's where I wanted to be is a bridge, I guess, because I lived the other life as well. And all I can say is I try. And that's all anyone can do is get up, show up, and try.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me into your home. I'm committed to getting you out of this. (laughs) Don't know how. Right? (laughs) I mean, but we're going to do it. Um, If you had three wishes, what would they be?
8: Three wishes. I would wish for the strength to continue fighting. I would wish that others could get out of this too. And I'd wish for understanding and compassion for everybody, like just knowledge, I guess. Three wishes are hard. They're hard not to take for yourself.
1: Well, thank you very much for talking to me.
2: You just heard a bunch of stuff that's really fucked up and it's really close to our lives and i think it's hard for us to joke about this because it's so close to our lives i encounter so many people without homes in my day-to-day life in yeah. vancouver and yeah, you have to compartmentalize day. it but like since we did our first recording on this episode and our research for it i was just like gotta do stuff and like everyone who's listening can do stuff, like do something. You can actually do something today. I'd really like it if you did something today that matches your intention. So we've got this feeling in our heart that this is wrong. Mm. And when we hear this, it makes us really upset or it makes us angry and we wanna punch John Stossel in the face. And I think that Fred Rogers (laughs) would agree that actually punching John Stossel for the horrible things that he said is wrong, but wanting to punch John Stossel is actually healthy because it represents your commitment to ending homelessness and treating every human being with dignity. So please, could you do something today to help change this? You could talk about the economic benefits of housing the homeless with your family or people who are outside the same sort of political worldview as you, And there's organizations in the place that you live, almost guaranteed, that deal with both supporting people who are homeless directly and also working towards organizing against the existence of homelessness. These are really, really important groups to get involved with, to financially support, and to organize for. And I want to thank you all in advance for the incredible work you're going to do to make sure that we live in a world that has one less moral nightmare soon. Wouldn't it feel good, having heard all this, to do something today? Would you please do something today?
0: I think it would feel good. I think it'd feel really good. Like, just if you were asking me right there, i like, yeah, that's my... I think it would feel good. Let's
2: do it. Yeah, we got a whole day ahead of us. It's awkward to say, but do you want to hold my hand as we go out on this day together?
0: Uh... I just want to think everything through before I answer. Mm-hmm. No, be fair-minded. There's a lot of things to consider, whether I hold your hand, how it's going to look, how we both might feel about it. Hmm...
2: Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's face the day together. Audience, would you like to also hold our hand? Let's give them a moment to consider. I don't want to force anything on you if you're not comfortable. Oh yeah, feel free oh, to say now. Oh, okay, great. It feels nice. We're all in a row. I can almost feel this sort of friendly energy going through all of us. You know, and all the audience members—they're all holding each other's hands now, and we're all standing in a big circle, and we're all going to do something today.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to break hands to go do separate things, but this was a good moment. It was powerful. So many of us.
2: Yeah. stretches out to the horizon, everyone who's going to go do something. Do you want to all stand on each other's shoulders until we reach the sky together? Is that too much?
0: Uh, it feels a bit Tower of Babel. I don't want to oh, mess yeah.
2: with that. No, we'll just focus on the doing something. Doing something, today. Yeah, yeah. Doing right. something to address the effects of homelessness or agitate for systemic change. Yeah. <sighs> So that was, yeah, so
0: it was a heavy episode. Thank you so much for listening. We love you, and we hate
2: homelessness. And to all of our comrades who are without a house right now, we're with you. We're with you. <laughs>
0: next time on seriously wrong wrong town elects a new mayor and he solves the homelessness problem and it's easy they just build some buildings and then invite the homeless people in and offer them services and the problem is solved and the mayor sits in the mayor's mansion counting his stacks of eighteen thousand five hundred dollars while the people cheer him
2: Thank you all for being here today. Does anyone want $18,500? Oh, you do? Okay, here you go. You too? Sure, sure, no problem. Actually, put your hands up. We've got a lot of stacks of $18,500 because we had a horrible homelessness problem before. We ended homelessness in Wrongtown. It was easy. It's basically a one plus one equals two type scenario. You just get rid of the listness, and then all of a sudden the money starts pouring in such a moral nightmare before and the only excuse to not do this is just legitimate incompetence <laughs> crazy world do you want eighteen thousand five hundred dollars oh no yeah every year it's not a one-time thing i wouldn't give it away if it was a one-time thing i guess we'll spend it on other services that help people i guess yeah good point i should actually can you give those back we should probably spend them on services that help people oh you really need it okay you can keep it I'll try to be a cool mayor